Here's part two. Probably ruined the whole process. But no, I just didn't have a math teacher that I think was inspiring, at least in that primary level. But I think my parents, they saw that like jumping through those hoops when I really did want to teach college. I knew that at a young age. Like I just, I liked, I liked the ability to talk about things further that you can't at the public level. You know, you can't talk about different elements in those set in those situations you can't, you can't give them the whole um picture exactly because well and there's things that you know i yeah there's yeah there's you times, know exactly there's times where it's like uh, i've seen people talk about things it's like they don't need to know that they're not paying they're tuition not to know that exactly <laughs> right? and and yeah i think it's a great career and I, I almost actually i almost took a high school group instead of getting my doctorate it was a big discussion in my house of like what it was a dream job and i, I still to this day used to question it a lot but i just know now that three or five years down the way it still would have not been what got me to wake up in the morning like right. i would have loved it i would have poured my heart and soul into it but it yeah. still at the core was not it, it wasn't fully me and right. i think like that's to keep wrapping this around, I guess my brain just like on a loop, but that that's what I think the the bachelors taught me. It was like, I really like talking about things on a higher level than, okay, Mozart was an old dude who right. wrote this tune and we love him for O to Joy. Let's go. Right. That was wrong. That was Beethoven. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Nine, seven, Sorry, anyways, you're not, you're, whatever. you're teaching jazz. It's fine. Teaching jazz. Please forgive me. Um, I, even though I'm the GA for the musicology division, just ignore that oh. Dr. Brown Lee and Miller. But anyways, uh, so. <laughs> I'll t- that'll be a big. Names, name drop, reverse name drop. Yeah, that's right. Name throw. But uh, you know, I think I think that's I think we need to get out of that whole thing of when you leave your bachelor's, you know everything, because that's where you actually suck. It's you should really just get those basic tools. Yeah, and and if you can do it at a basic level, then maybe you can make that decision of like, people always ask me like, why why do you go to grad school? It's like, well, that's a personal decision. Yeah, you go to grad school because you found something you loved and you need more information on it because grad school is so. That's not why people go to grad school, though. See, they go because they, so they can get a job. I disagree. They go be, I went to do a master's degree because uh. I had, at a very distant part of my brain, a an idea that I can at least teach at a, a college in some in some way, right? And have but then that on why my did you choose jazz? Because there's because well, so I had many already started, I already bought the horns. I already have a bachelor's, but it's right? what you're into, right? Well, like yeah. that's my point. Like okay, I, yeah, I meet these but, people and they're like. Like I hear all the time, like these classical, I almost said cats, you uh, these classical people, <laughs> they want to, um, they want to go do a jazz masters. And it's right. like, well, why? And it's like, well, I played in the jazz band. And I really loved it. I was like, okay, so you found out that you hate what you went there for. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, you found <laughs> this new, this new path. You found what interests you or like people who get a composition degree instead of a performance degree. Right. Like, why'd you choose that? Well, cause I was introduced to it. Well, I was hedging my bets, too. It's like that maybe there's more opportunity outside of that's where I was really diverged into like maybe that's not the best idea to try to just be a jazz professor because like you're, you know, the the knife is thrown in the middle of the arena and we're all kind of scrambling. You happen to get to it first and stab stab somebody. Now you have a job. (laughs) exactly how i got it rest in peace brian yeah Um, (laughs) no you worked very hard and you you are incredibly credentialed and that's how you got it but um well but it's it's like there's just at the end of the day someone else is as almost as credentialed as you and 
didn't get the job. job. And there's like, and not just one person, there's like 20, yeah, 200 other people, right? The thing is, is like, not a viable career. The qualities, you have to be diverse. Like, I I can't say this enough. And that's not like in you as a person. It's just like, so to give an idea, like my resume had administration work on it. Yeah. I served on committees for my university, yeah, yeah. which you don't get paid for. And it's a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would be the, the student representative on these committees. Um, of course, like what you witnessed when you were a GA, there's a lot of different elements within the administration that you can do, like running jazz festivals yeah, yeah. or, you know, all of those sides. Logistics. Logistics, being able to answer to, you know, being the liaison between a school of music and a college of fine arts and a university. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's so many levels within the higher education system. Yeah. But then on top of it, you have to be able to teach a bunch of different areas. I think the most unique thing that it's not in other areas. So I will I will predicate this. Like if you want to go into the classical area now, the reason they have more faculty is because they... They've won the, like, you are a true art form status. <laughs> and so what that means to them is they are going to hire someone with theory credentials to teach the theory class. They're yeah. going to hire someone with history credentials to teach the history class. In the jazz realm, we're still at the, we need someone to teach the history and the theory and the applied lessons right. and run the ensemble. And because we, we're still, I think, trying to get that leg up of like, no, 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 we're here and we it's a real degree, I promise. And like, yeah, and it's like, hey, look, look at our, our program has yeah. j- a jazz program. Look at that. Oh, we have a jazz band kind yep. of thing. It is. That's, but that's, isn't that. <sighs> I, I will admit this. I, yeah. I think, like, what is the first thing I'm going to do this whole summer? And I, I don't want to put myself down. I, I've gotten uh, a downbeat for my writing and I've, I've studied composition lessons mm-hmm. with, with, Multiple people. I'm not going to put down my writing. Play with Tia Fuller. I I did and Ingrid. Play with Ingrid Jensen, Allison Miller, and yeah, yeah, name dropped. Name dropped. Um, But I, the thing though is like I I still feel like if somebody who got a doctor and a master's degree taught the arranging and composition class, that would be a different experience than me going in and teaching it. Yeah. Right. But. For for a jazz professor though, you have to have that experience in all of those different areas. Yeah, and then you've got to be able to teach the history of it, and your instrument, and mm. you got to be able to lead a band which has instruments that are not your instrument, right? When I think of my classical colleagues, they teach their roundhouse all day. Yeah, right. Like I, I think about like Dr. Pennock teaches saxophone. Mm-hmm. She teaches woodwind methods, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she teaches basic theory. Yeah. Those are things in her roundhouse. Yeah. Where like for us on the jazz side, this is why that diversification really, really matters. Or yeah. if you want to teach at a community college, actually, this is another time where you really need to have lots of skills because they're going to hire someone to teach all these classes, even in that classical realm. But like, you know, you have to say yes to opportunities, even if they don't match what you think it's going to be. You know, mm-hmm. when I was an undergrad, uh, the president of the university sent out this call of he wanted students to be part of this first like board of ambassadors. My parents were like, no, do not do that. You that's extra time you do not have. Just don't. But for some reason down like, well, I also wanted the free meals. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> but I I just had this feeling that like this was going to be cool. And I get a chance to talk to the president of my university and tell him like, hey, this is what's wrong, at least in the music building, yeah. like the elevator breaks. And he didn't understand why that was such a big deal. I remember our first discussion, he goes, OK, tell me what's wrong in the music building. I said, well, the elevator's been out for two months. And he goes, well, the elevators are out everywhere. And I said, well, that's great. Yeah. But I have to carry a base up four and flights of stairs. Yeah. And he just looked at me for the longest time. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then at the next donor event, they had me play. And he ended it by saying, now, folks, can you imagine she has to carry that up four flights yeah. of stairs? <laughs> and guess what? Yeah. They got a new elevator the yeah. next month. Yeah. But it's that type of like, I just realized I loved that ability to talk about the students, their needs, their wants. Yeah. And, and try and get help to that. And then also like try and get these donors to be like, hey, like I'm on scholarship. You got me here. Yeah. Look at all I'm going to accomplish because of you. And hopefully that inspires them to give more so someone else gets to do that. Right. Yeah. And that's what made me fall in love with academic administration. Right. There's more than just teaching. There's administration. And so yeah. I went and shadowed under the dean here at, uh, at UNLV and, and got to continue to kind of see like what is in this huge rabbit hole that is. Uh, administration in higher ed mm-hmm. having those skills though when i went into that job interview it showed that i knew how to write curriculum yeah that i knew how to serve on a committee mm-hmm. that i knew how to lead a jazz band because like just like you I, I took your spot and i taught your band after you yeah but, you know i had that experience i had jazz taught three. some courses jazz three shout out yeah. um that i got to teach some courses and i taught private students both at the college level and the undergrad i mean I had so many different things that when I went in there, it was like, oh, yeah, no, I can teach this and that and this because I've done this and this and yeah, this. Yeah, you have the experience. You've been in the system. And I play bass. Yeah. You know, and like, yes, did I did I play for them and do all of that, like, show and have a performance? Absolutely. And yeah. is that something they value? Yes. The, the LSU is way into the artist. And every school was like that. They really did want someone who was qualified to play their instrument so they yeah. could teach it. But, you know, it's got to be more than that. And, yeah. and I really can't emphasize that enough to people like do not just close the practice room door and say no to opportunities that seem right. weird. Like live in the weirdness. Like, again, I really chose it because I thought a steak dinner for the donors would probably be really fancy and good. And so I was <laughs> like, I want that. And yeah. so I did it. And it turned out to be like kind of looking into a whole world that I never knew existed, even though I've been around yeah. higher academia in my life. It was just like this, like, whoa, this is kind of cool. And now I'm like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. But it was cool to look at and to get that kind of insight. Right. Well, then you kind of have more perspective on how it all works. I do. And you have a better overall view of it. So any any decision you're making from the position you're going to have now is like it's going to be more informed and and so. you know the jargon to use and you know the, yeah like, yeah that's a big i mean thing. Yeah. it's really yeah so and and if you want to be successful in whatever you do you've really got to be dedicated to it and you've just got to make even if it's not something you want to do at the time yeah you've got to be 110 percent into it yeah it's like do i want to always be a graduate assistant <laughs> no but I'm going to give it my 110% because, right. you know, sometimes my professors look at me and go, hey, do you mind just like teaching my class today? Here are some notes. Can you just jump in? And it's like, that is experience that oh, that's you fantastic. just don't and look And like we, we rag on, we bag on like uh, the GA thing. Oh, it's like we yeah. just, you know, whatever. But like I, I loved it. I, I really yeah. did. Like, and I don't say that a lot because like you're not supposed to love it. Right. You're not it's supposed just, to like, admit you that. You do get shit on a little bit. A lot. <laughs> mostly by other like by undergrad other kids undergrads too. it's, it's like, not it's by your colleagues we're actually the, more the, well the, I, like the student colleagues right, not yeah, the yeah. professor colleagues that's what i mean like i i came there and i felt more i felt closer to a yeah. like a faculty member than i did a student even though i was doing weird you know yeah learning wagner uh that course um but uh <laughs> you're alone in that one <laughs> me and, me, i did the I'll history to, of wind band conducting so <laughs> oh, damn. well that's yeah that's a little more practical but yeah 
I learned more about it. It was a good course. I got like a I got like a ninety eight in that course. I'm really so. sh- that's 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 impressive. Actually, uh, <laughs> you should put that me and grade Crump, on the wall. Me and Crump just like honed in on it. Anyway, um, and I don't remember anything from it now. But uh, <laughs> sorry, Professor Barone. Um, but no, <laughs> sorry, Professor. Boo! <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, uh, no, I lo- I I really like the the fact that we could uh, I could teach a I could stand in front of a big band yeah. and conduct and I get that experience and go. I actually learned at how good I was. At right? It. I was like, oh, but that's holy shit! Thing. I'm actually good at this. Like, I know how to talk to a drummer somehow. Again, I don't know how you, that happened. You find <laughs> out what you love. Like, I found out running a big band, and this actually helped me decide that I never, I actually never applied for a bass only teaching position. Right. Because I realized I got such an adrenaline rush driving home from directing Jazz Three. Yeah. That yeah. even though it was like ten o'clock at night, I yeah. would stay up for like two hours because I was on such a buzz of like yeah, that was great. so much fun and. Again, I found a niche within that huge institution itself that I was like, I, I just want to do that. And even before I got the job, I really was just not going to accept being only a bass teacher. Because I yeah. knew that then from then on, I had pigeonholed myself. Yeah. Right. That's my college teaching is. When you want variety. It's like good I writing. Do. You have I to have, have to. A, you have to have enough variety in certain bit. places. Mm, variation. To, variation is important. And um, theme. <laughs> here let's so let's yeah. uh let's refocus mm-hmm. here i'm looking at my notes yeah. um being talking? being i don't know if you want to talk I about do. any of the let's the do it health stuff so being a healthy balance person yeah. like i think so i think of it as you need a good balance of you need to have work in order to feel like you've done something you need to have rest and you need to have downtime. You need to have play. So those three things need to be balanced. You can't have too much of one. Yeah. You have to have a little bit of all three. It doesn't have, I'm not saying like the, it's an equal part thing, but it's probably work is the bigger one. But those three things to me are like, you need to have that. And like, and especially when you're going through a degree, (laughs) we tend to overextend ourselves. that? And well, so and yeah. so, what happened to you during yeah. your studies? Uh, yeah, was it during your doctorate or during, during the my masters? masters? Yeah. yeah. So I, because um, yeah. you you did another year after I left, I think. Yes, right? I did. We overlapped my, my year. Okay, that's right. I worked in the cage with you. Yes. And yeah. Then I yeah. So for our listeners, we worked in a we we had this. It's the room is really just meant for to store instruments, that's and then they is. gave the jazz GAs this other little corner. Yeah. And so Molly, it would be me and me and Amanda on one side, and then there's just this partition of just a like a drunk tank yeah. kind of like uh, walled off cage thing. Uh, and then Molly'd be sitting in her at her desk, which literally locked from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. from the inside. Like, yeah. like, there was no unlock from the we inside. Could, we could have left you in there. Yeah, you really could have taken yeah. my keys and yeah. that would have been it. There's there a was... lot of, we've developed a lot of trust. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't even like a cutout chain link where you could jump out. Like, that was it. You were one with the chain. Good yeah. Lord. And then I, yeah, when you left, I, I got to go on the other side of yeah, the Yeah, there you go. It was a big move. I got life. to lock the next <laughs> That's <person>. right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I was I was in my masters, and um, you know we talk a lot about physical health. Yeah. A lot about physical health, which is is good in music. I, I, we really need to be aware of our bodies, and yeah. and I've learned a lot in this past year with body mapping of like trusting your body, and when something says it's bad, you need to stop. My wife could talk to extensively yeah. about that because she's chronic back stuff, and like 
talking to doctors about like, no, that's not going to work. I know like she yeah. can tell what's going on, you know? But, but see, we don't talk about this at all. And we, I, it, yeah. I was sitting in a room with, uh, it was like 90% doctoral candidates and, and we're in this class and the professor's like, let's just all go around and name basically what's wrong with you. <laughs> and all of us had something. Oh, I have tendonitis. Oh, I have trigger finger. Oh, I have lockjaw. Oh, I, I have massive lower back problem. Oh, I, yeah. And it's like, it was this moment where we all kind of looked at each other like, man, you're messed up too. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, but these things we don't talk about. And so we've, we've learned to just kind of like store it inside, yeah. play through the pain and yeah. suck it up because you're a musician. Yeah. But that's so detrimental. And what I had never considered though was mental stress. Mm. And I think like the quarantine was good because we, we have, we're starting to talk about this more, mm-hmm. but mental stress does physical things to you. And although that seems very benign to say, it's more than just lack of sleep. It's more than yeah. your body can do real weird stuff. And so yeah. when I was in my master's, I had only two months left to go. Yeah, it was February when this happened. So I had just a couple months left to go. And um, my, my arteries tore from the inside out. A super rare condition. In fact, I actually even tested, I guess it would be called negative for this condition. I mm-hmm. technically don't have it. So the stress that my body went under was so intense that it had to react in this way. And and this is from just overall stress in yeah, general. Well, so that's what's, that's what's kind of cool. I've gone to all these like... Uh, I went to the, the Cleveland Clinic uh, this past summer to just make sure, like, do I have an underlying condition, which right. probably somewhere deep in the DNA, we all do, actually. And that's why, like, not to get political, but that's why it really pissed me off when people were like, oh, I'm not sick during COVID. Well, I'd never been in the hospital. I've never broken a bone. Mm-hmm. I rarely got sick. I've never been to an ER room until this day. Yeah. I was 22. Yeah. Yeah, I was 22. And no, not- I was 24. 24. And you're in two years. good shape. It's not oh, like yeah, you're not, no. you know what I mean? Like you don't, ha- you're not obese, you know, you're not underweight, you know, super you're, 20, physical. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so yeah. Oh, like, I, holy shit. What happened? <laughs> so like, like literally I, I ignored my body's signals that something was wrong Yeah. and, and not to throw them under the bus, but so did my family and my friends. Sure. I was very vocal of like, Hey, the room is spinning really bad oh, and I shit. feel like yeah. I can't control my eyeballs. And like when people say the room is spinning and they're just nauseated, they have no idea the level it can be taken to. I mean, literally my eyes yeah. would feel like they would be physically rotating and I could not stop that Jesus rotation. Jesus Christ, Molly. And I was, I remember I was playing Crazy. this gig and I was staring at the music and I could not see center vision so i could only see peripheral so i i actually this video is really eerie to see this video popped up on facebook this year on the memory of it and i saw that i'm like cocking my head to the side oh my god and i remembered that that was the gig and i'm like trying to see it was was in las vegas jazz society oh yeah and i'm trying to see peripherally the music that i cannot read and i'm i have this light even though you can tell the room is lit i have this stand light that i'm trying to move because i think that it's darkness that it's and it was this weird moment for me to read realize like at that moment like i could have had a stroke and died. well that's what it sounds like dude that's the first thing i go to like, but see everyone else knowing. was knowing that i had come off a couple i'm talking to my doctors now I, I completely agree we made it to grad school yeah it's not like life has not been stressful i'm yeah. a 4.0 student since i've yeah my whole entire time in college 
studying is nothing for that's not stressful to me right, right. having a really intense packed schedule that's what i thrive yeah. off of that's my environment right it's not like randomly one day one week i decided okay i'm gonna be type a let's go right yeah. so even my body to do this it was just much more than that it was ignoring these physical symptoms allowing myself to be extended into working well into the night yeah and not separating home from work and work from home and were you getting mm. enough rest like were you actually you know i actually don't remember I, I mean i don't sleep a lot to begin with my brain like has issues slowing down mm-hmm. and then i if i wake up like that's it my brain turns <laughs> yeah. on and it's like that's the only reason why i have a document club. completed welcome to the club we just right? high-fived exactly um, i so like but like well like yeah. so like even now like how how often how much sleep do you get maybe six, four hours four on a hours. good night four to six really yeah. yeah that's not enough man it's not enough but it's you not. know like the difference is you've just been tired time. your whole life i yeah <laughs> i don't <laughs> know what sleeping bad. is um yeah now i found coffee and that that helps a oh, lot lord yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't <laughs> that's know that's been that. espresso this <laughs> no i'm just kidding but i this segment brought to you by nespresso mm. swipe right <laughs> <laughs> that's that ultra like where you swipe up now <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I'm not. I'm too old Ultra to know that one. I guess that exists now. I don't know. I've been on that. Episode. Swipe diagonally up. Swipe diagonally to the. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> star that bitch. Um, anyway, so I'm. Sorry. Wow. I know that was. That's that was over my head. I don't know. I, was, I don't either. You're far too young for me. Oh, that's that came after me. But um, regardless, um, yeah. So I, but but you know, put to put this in perspective of who I am. I went into the ICU. I had no idea what the heck that meant. I thought that was just an ER. I thought that's just the bedroom they put you in because I was in a hallway. I didn't realize that that meant like girl. You didn't like Google like the acronym? Of course not. <laughs> and I'm so, again, never been in a hospital. Going back to that, I'm perfectly healthy. And yeah. I was like, ICU. You gener- yeah, you don't tend to end up in the ICU I when you're 22. no so. idea. Yeah. I just was like, oh, it's a nice comfy room. Like, yeah. like tight. And I was on a lot of drugs, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah this is great." And then, like, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I'm here. I feel I great. <laughs> I felt fine. And and you know, I remember I talked to the neurology team to just like let me go. So they did. And twelve hours <gasps> later, I gave my master's recital. And and then the days following, I found out how serious it was. Yeah. And I found out like. Well, I remember you telling me because I yeah. played your recital, and it was like you had said like. I, Some shit just the happened thing a couple that was days like, ago. I, they had Jesus. made it seem like it was okay. I didn't realize it was actually, this is like what people, I think, those who who are really close friends with me, Yeah, it was the following couple months that were probably the hardest. You know, I was getting like blood tests every other day. Yeah. I was constantly having to go to the health center. Shout out Student Health Center at UNLV. You guys saved my life. You awesome. But anyways, so like I, I really did have to learn to have a more type B personality in a sense and, and to just kind of like remind me what the type A and B sure, things type are. A is like, you're constantly organized. organized. You're yeah, on top okay. of it. You're very, I, I don't like the word anal. I think that's, I think that's a really negative contribution. It's more a contribution. Oh my God. What is the word? Uh, a negative uh, attribute. Yeah. Uh, connotation. Connotation. A. Yes. I, I, I had the word and then I lost it too. Letter C for connotation. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's a really negative connotation because it's it's not that it's just more of you don't procrastinate you know right. like for instance when I had a project due like I I would think about it weeks ahead and make sure that I'd be done at least a week before it was due yeah it's just being very like on top of things mm-hmm. and not procrastinating 
So yeah. like even when you think about stress to a type A person, we don't have that type of stress of like, oh my yeah, god, it's doing three hours. It. Yeah, it's it's not. It's what less you would stressful imagine. to be type exactly. A. Exactly. Yeah. And the other side is some people will say like, oh, you're a very uptight person. It's not that. It's I think because after this, I I'm just gonna shout it out because go mental health. I had to go through lots of therapy. Uh, yeah. It was more actually to get some like cognitive skills back. Okay. Um, and I I had what's called traumatic amnesia. So like. Wow. trauma my brain was trying to recover from everything and so i like couldn't remember really dumb things like the garage doors down so i'd like drive home like six times with knowing wow. it was closed but i had to show myself again which meant i had to wake Shit. up like 40 minutes earlier because i had to account for this time of me oh going my god back. yeah it was very so that's what i'm saying like Damn. it's the other side of it that was really bad yeah and I had to really learn how to just kind of type B is more like you let things happen as they come. Yeah. I think people with type A personality, the problem that we have, if you want to call it a problem, is our need to be controlling of yeah. every element in our life. Right. And almost dying taught me that you are not, <laughs> there's going to be a point where you're not in control. Like yeah. when randomly your art is going to be like, okay, peace out. Yeah. And, and you can't control anything after that. You can't control what the diagnoses you can't control what life is and i will yeah. predicate this i am perfectly healthy now and, and i'm 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 fine now um i'm actually probably better shaped than i was before because from that experience yeah you know and, and actually going through quarantine this past couple six months preparing my document i found this book yeah and um it really was like how to structure like personal projects and and different elements and so like the night before every day I'll write out a schedule for myself mm -hmm. and I give I myself like 30 sometimes. minutes. Yeah, sometimes, right? Yeah. And give yourself like a 30 minute, but it helps because you get off of that project that you're stuck on. Like yeah. at some point you just got to leave it and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and then learning that when I go home, even if that is leaving my office and going into the living room, whatever, you know, because yeah. work is home now in a sense, yeah. it really is that. I, I'm home like yeah. I have a, a wonderful beautiful family at home that I just want to go home to and going home and answering emails does nothing but take me away from that and exactly. it puts my mind into that state of constantly being in work and constantly and so I really did learn that not answering that email sometimes is a positive it gives a chance if it's a really serious email for people to calm down yeah. and and for you to come up yeah. with thoughts that are actually like I'm not going to blow up at you right now yeah. <laughs> Also, I've found out that people have office hours too. So you answering yeah. at 10 p.m. at night does nothing. Yeah. They're still not going to see it till yeah. 8 a.m. the next morning. Yeah. yeah. And with practicing even, I, I've had to, because although I'm not addicted to it to the point where if I don't touch my base today, woe be it. Like, yeah. it could sit in the corner it'll for all I there. care. <laughs> if I go three, it'll still be there. If I go three days, then I'll start to feel that like, uh, yeah. No, I've, and I have wait till you get to like a couple weeks, Molly, and then you'll really start not feeling like a music. No, yeah. no, you won't get there. But, <laughs> but uh, I haven't touched my flute in probably a year. Yeah. Probably I, a whole I, year. I think like my addiction to my oh, instrument Jesus. is just more like I do have to regulate. Because I could get so nitpicky in details that I could be in there for hours yeah. and maybe it's doing something stupid like I'm going to just play this one bar and get it really pretty. Yeah. And the other side of it, though, is like just being able to say like, OK, you're done. Go take a break. If you want to keep playing after yeah. the break, you got issues. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. like, you're going to fucking kill yourself you know, if you do that. No, but I think that's a good point in that. I, I remember watching this uh, 
YouTube video of uh, it was like Spaceship You or whatever. Yeah. It was during the pandemic, and it was talking about how now that we're all kind of thrust into working from home, or a lot of us were, um, like you have, you now are in your work. Yeah. Which I already had experienced on a cruise ship because you, we sleep two feet from the stage that we play yeah. on. Um, and you can't escape it. Well, it's like it's like living in the office building you work yeah. in, right? But in the, in the same respect, at home, yeah. like at least here, I have my own space. I have a couch. I have you know, I have a TV room, whatever. I'm good. It's yeah. my own space. Um, but it was the the video was basically saying like make clear distinctions of both spatially and yeah. in your schedule of when is downtime, when is work time, because that exactly what you're talking about like like being constantly in work mode yeah like because now and i've i'm still figuring that out too because i don't like i come home uh you know early in the afternoon it's not like i I work it's a six hour a day job it's still a full-time job but it's like i come home and i have a couple extra hours that most people don't before dinner to like do my stuff and i find that if i do stuff in that time then it's like awesome and I can get more work done than if I go and I, you know, maybe I go exercise or something and then come back and I kind of piddle around and like maybe read or yeah. like maybe watch a TV show or play a video game. And then it's dinner time. After dinner time, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> like I don't want to yeah. do anything because I think my body's saying just don't. Now is not the time. So it's like I feel like I have to get things done during the day or in the morning uh, in order to get any kind of motivation going. And that's like, you know? you know, people used to make fun of me a lot. You know, even before the the dissection, I I always got to school at like 7 a.m. and would practice then. Yeah. But there were two reasons behind that. One, I knew that that's the time my brain works. Like, yeah. I am not the person it's to true. come in at 9 p.m. Just what you're fresh. You've just been rested a little yeah. bit anyway. Well, and everybody's different. Like, I have a friend, yeah. and that's the only time he does function is 9 p.m. at night. And it's like, yeah. well, good for you. But I can't. Like, yeah. honestly, if you get me past 5, yeah. I don't make sense anymore. Yeah. I, I can't. And I get more frustrated easier, yeah. too, which is really bad when I'm practicing. Like, I have yeah. to be in a pretty happy space to practice. Yeah. And so, you know, waking up early and also then I had no excuses. Yeah. That's the thing that I, I, I did pick up in myself. I took academics very seriously because I knew that it would let me continue to be in academics. Like right. I knew that if my grades went down, I wouldn't be able to go to grad school. Yeah. Like I knew that. So yeah. if I needed to study, that would prioritize over practicing. Yeah. And so if I did in the morning, it was done. It was something off my list that I knew I had to do. Yeah. But it was done. Yeah. And, and. And you just have to find that you have to find when you work best and you have to make the time in your schedule. Uh, yeah. As weird as that sounds, like it does exist if you sit down and you write it out and you just go, okay. And now it's, a, and then make it a habit and then you don't have to worry about the written, writing down part because uh, it's just yeah. like now it's a, my regular routine. Well, and if you, you know? sometimes that writing it out too, like if it's a day that you really can't remember quite everything. Yeah you do that before bed then you'd be amazed that your brain really does well, and then you're, drop yeah, the information exactly. and it's and you're, on you're not thinking about christ what am i forgetting for tomorrow and then it's there so down. you don't yeah. forget so when you have a memory like mine yeah. you don't go uh what yeah. did i do at 9 a.m tomorrow yeah. you know like it's just it's there and it's it's a good catch and you know and yeah like it's it's weird to say this to some people they don't they don't quite understand but like going through that whole process was actually the most positive experience of my life at the end of it like mm. i i actually am so happy 
that that happened to me. Yeah. It, it needed to happen. And, and the fact it happened at a young age meant I could heal so quickly. And, yeah, and that, that's, yep. You know, and, and the fact that it happened at a young age showed me that, like, people say this all the time, and I, I don't think they actually understand what it means. But life is not predictable. And, and life really can just be changed or taken away from you in an instant. You know, mm. I, I can't go mm-hmm. rock climbing anymore. I, I'm mm. a very, very active person, actually. And there are many things I cannot do anymore. Mm. I, I, I am handicapped. I, I have one of those, in, you know, invisible handicaps. Right. Um, but I, I used to lift weights a lot. Can't do that anymore. You know, there are things that were taken away from me. Wow. And there are elements in my life that I'll never get to do again. Or if I do, I'll know it's at great risk and right. I have to kind of decide, okay. You have to adapt. Yeah. yeah. And, and decide, is it worth this over this? But yeah. that whole idea that like life is, is valuable and that term YOLO is really like actually, there is some truth in it. You just actually don't know when things are going to change. And mm-hmm. life ending doesn't always have to be you dying. It can be the thing you love the most got taken away from yeah. you. That's, and, yeah. And you don't, and that's not as much of a headline, right? Exactly. But, well, yeah. and, and on top of it, like, I think that's why also separating life from work, like home from work is really meaningful to me now because mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to spend that time mm-hmm. like at home with the people I love. Yeah. I want to see my friends. I want to do these things that I used to take away from myself because I was so set on like, I need to graduate in this timeline because some dude told me that. And and for what? And, yeah. and I think like that's why having this whole medical crisis taught me the fragility of life. But again, it, it extends more like you could die one day. It is so much more than that. Yeah. And, and that's what I've also like in some of these like kind of group therapy sessions and some of the people that I, I get to encounter um, who work for like HR for disabilities people. Mm-hmm. We always talk about the day our life changed. Like one yeah. of my uh, she was my representative at the at the Disabilities Resource Center. She was in a full wheelchair, had to have full assistance. Mm-hmm. And we were talking and she wasn't like that always. Yeah. She had one day. Yeah. And then that one day, everything changed. But both of us had the same outlook of life. Like, it was a positive experience. And and so the thing that I can only express to people enough is don't get so bogged down into one thing mm-hmm. that you stress out over elements that you don't have control over. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, there will always be something bad that happens in your day or in your week or in your month. There's always that colleague that you're going to have issues yeah. with. The, every job and every element of life, there's going to be, oh, I've got to be around that person and that person makes me feel this way. And yeah. you got to just either take that element out of your life or you just got to find the positive out of, out of different elements and concentrate on that and try hard as this is because i'm not i'm still not good at this but you do have to let things go yeah things do pass and in a year you probably won't remember half the stuff you did and and like yeah it's all the minutiae yeah daily life you know but that whole idea of like mental health is not important is is just such a lie and a facade and then the idea of like well it's that it takes like i don't think anyone's saying like well i I don't think anyone's overtly saying like Mm -hmm. don't worry about your mental health but it's like it doesn't take the spot that it should in precedence well i mean i come from a family i love them all so sorry guys but where it really was the mentality of just rub some dirt on it 
<laughs> like that was, no, but that, and that's, but that look, that's not just your family. That's the that's whole, the whole world generation too. before us. Well, and there's right? this idea that we work and work and work and work and work. Yeah. So that you can kind of afford rent. Right. And, and that, that's kind of We work so that we can work to So death. that we can work some more. Yeah. yeah. And, and. Look at all that work I'm getting because of this work I did. Because this work I did. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, so, you know, like during the pandemic, I remember we'd go hiking once a week. Yeah. Like it was a stressful time in our household because I, I have a nurse in the, um, you know, at home and, and it was just kind of like constantly living in COVID. Right. And so we just had to get actually physically away from the yeah. house, from the yeah. city, from people, mm-hmm. from the television, the radio. The, yeah. So we'd go hiking and where is, there's like no service, but it was beautiful. And it yeah, was just these moments. Just, yeah. Oh my God. Like I got to do that soon, man. Cause like <laughs> I, man, we live yeah. so close to Zion and like yeah. going up to Southern Utah is beautiful. Even like up here in Mount Charleston is yeah. beautiful. Like, and yeah. we would just do these things like, 20 minute drive to go on even if it's just a 10 minute hike you'd be amazed like hearing the trail with no one on it and you just hear this crunch underneath your feet and then you you just kind of like get it we we totally white girl hike you know you like a little bit take some pictures (laughs) and then you like take some more pictures and you're going half a mile and you're like that was good and it's like okay got enough for instagram okay let's go let's get in our car Let's bring our dog, our little shit poo, and let's bring a dog and like our hiking. Shit poo. Yeah, we have a shih tzu poodle shit oh poo. Oh my god. Oh yeah. A shit poo. A shit poo. Wow. And and but those are the things like yeah, you know, like it it makes a huge difference in just like your mental space. It's a reset. Get out getting yeah, reset, man. Yeah. No, and yeah. I think that needs to happen every day to a certain extent, but then yeah. you also need these larger like let's really reset and it's something to look forward to in the week so when those negative things happen you go like for some reason we've been going to the m now like for 20 bucks you can go into their resort like pool and it's heated and you can just they have like these shelves built in with like little plastic chairs yeah and it's like we just realized it's like okay that's 40 dollars a week that we might spend like every couple of weeks to just go sit relax yeah. get away feel like we're on vacation yeah. even though we're not we're still in where we live yeah but like you get that moment and then it is amazing you walk away and it's like you feel like you can address those things that you yeah. couldn't and and i really mean it like you just don't know internally what your body is trying to do because you're depriving it of yeah. sleep of relaxation of resetting of yeah. and i i still to this day i don't think it's because of all of the different things I had going on at that time. Cause I look back at that time over and over again. It's like, I had all of that under control. Yeah. Like I could have played that recital three months earlier. That was yeah. not even a problem. Right, <laughs> right. You know? And, and I was with my friends. So I knew it would be fun just cause yeah. I get to play with my friends. Yeah. It had nothing to do with that. It was just, I had not given myself a reset. I had just yeah. taken on the next big project and like, here we go. And then I'm going to take this next project on. And then here we go. It's like and people who like, don't ever shut their computer off. Yeah. And then they, they run it for three years and it's like, yeah. what's wrong with my computer? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's your brain. Real. It is. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, this is fantastic. This yeah. we're, we're, we're running Close to two hours now, so it might it might, need, it might need to be a two-parter, but that's okay. That's totally fine because <laughs> it's all quality. Um, uh, is there anything you wanted to plug, whether it be 
I don't know if you have a website or if that's even the something. I that's... I I have to. I, that's one of the first things I'm going to be doing is is creating a website. Okay. And I'm hoping to come out with a with an album probably within the next year. Actually, nice. It's one of the first big projects. I'll have I'm to have do. you back on then. Yeah, it'll yeah. be really fun. And and then. Um, Assuming yeah. I'm I'm a huge hit uh, in the podcast you world are. by then, and I can give you a proper signal boost because you are right a now, huge hit. you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I'm I'm flattered you think so, but I'll I'll show you my analytics. <laughs> <laughs> Believe in yourself. Kitty. I know this this, this episode is really sponsored by cats. She's silent. She won't say anything. It's okay. We're all like camera shy. Struggling. There's no arms. camera, but whatever. Um. Microphone shy. Uh, I mean, what if you go to LSU yeah, and, you're, you, and you want to learn jazz bass or what? What are the other? I'm are teaching you? jazz, ranging composition, jazz yep. history. Yeah, I'm teaching the second ensemble and a couple of combos. And there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna pr- pick up my tuba chops again so i can go join oh my god yeah bands. i remember that you were you, oh, yeah. i remember you just like whipped out a euphonium one time yeah. and just started like <laughs> i was like whoa <laughs> molly knows molly knows other instruments yay um it's yeah. been a pleasure oh having you on the on the podcast it's been so much fun michael thank, thank you. you for having me yeah of course um you know you're giving me good content and it's just a good conversation it's good oh, to catch up yeah always um, and you're my first female guest. Yes. Uh, so now that I Woman now that power. I have my diversity hire, yes. you can get the hell now out of here. I was going to say, so now that you've fulfilled your Title IX requirement. Go hiking or whatever it is you broads I, do you nowadays. Know, well, I have to go home and vacuum. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's what women do. <laughs> like oh, how, I have to dust. I like how disconnected from that world you are. It's, it gives me hope for the future. I, I, <laughs> Those are the things you thought of. Oh, cool. My cat's puking. That's perfect. (laughs) That's a sign to stop talking about the (laughs) She walked out of the room. She's like, that's what I think of that segment. (laughs) Cool. That was episode eight. I think we learned a lot. Uh, Mind your health and don't overfeed your cats. Another congrats to Professor Molly Redfield. Keep an eye out for her future album and all the great things she's going to do down at LSU. All right, now it's off to episode nine. Uh, I'm going to climb in this circus cannon and shoot myself over there. Uh, okay, just... And just light... Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Ah!